I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here, as always, and I'm very excited to be recording this podcast episode for you all this week. So just a reminder, if you are new to these mental health check-in episodes, I just started doing them last month and I am going to continue doing them month after month and they will be released on the first Wednesday of every month. And what you can expect from these episodes are just me talking about kind of like a recap where my mental health was at from the previous month. So obviously this month I'm going to be kind of giving you a recap of August and just sharing where my mental health was at over the course of August and how I was feeling mentally and emotionally throughout August. And I just think it's so important to have these conversations, which is why I started this podcast series where I could just sit down with you once a month and chat all about mental health and just have a really open and honest and real conversation. So that's what we do at the start of these episodes, just doing that recap. And then I will also be sharing every month a practice that I did throughout the month that stood out to me. So it might be a new practice, but it also might be just something that I noticed over the course of the month that like stood out to me as being something that was significant in my mental health that particular month. And I'm really excited to talk about that with you today. And then once we get through all of that, I will be able to address a listener requested topic. So last month we talked all about taking care of yourself as an introvert. One of my lovely listeners requested that topic and it was a lot of fun to talk about. And then this month, one of my listeners requested that I dedicate this episode to setting boundaries with social media. And I'm really excited about this topic too, because if you know anything about me, I love talking about boundaries, (laughs) but when we throw in how to specifically set boundaries around social media, I get really excited. I have a lot to share about this. So why don't we just 
dive in. Honestly, I'm just so excited that you all are loving this series so much. I just received so much great feedback on the very first episode of this mental health series last month. So I just need to say a big old thank you to everyone who reached out to me and let me know how much they loved that episode. It really just means so much to me. So just as a reminder, if you do love my episodes, whether it's this one or any other episode that you're listening to, it really helps me if you take a screenshot of this episode and then post it to social media and tag me so I can see that you're listening. And not only does this allow me to connect with you over on Instagram. It also shows other people the podcast that you're listening to and maybe it might introduce them to something new. So I just always really appreciate whenever you share the show on social media in your stories and tag me and you can just tag me at I am Meg Dahl, and of course, subscribing and leaving a review and a rating for the podcast always helps too. So let's just dive in. (laughs) Where was my mental health at throughout the month of August? Honestly, I feel like I am in a really, really great place. Um, August just felt like something shifted truthfully. If you've been following me and my journey for a while now, I had COVID back in May and I feel like I keep bringing this up. Like I feel like I talk about this so often. So if you're rolling your eyes and thinking, oh my gosh, she talks about this all the time. (laughs) Trust me, I feel the same. But it really lingered. Like the symptoms with COVID really lingered with me. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but it wasn't until about like mid July where I started just kind of feeling like normal again and back to myself. So it took me a good two months to feel like, wow, I kind of feel normal. But then mentally and emotionally, I was just not feeling myself. I was just kind of feeling burnt out. And I talked about that last month when we did that mental health check-in episode. But yeah, this month, I honestly feel like just something shifted for the better. And I'm just feeling really, really great. And if you are familiar with human design, which again, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you probably are very familiar with human design. And I, according to human design, I am a manifester. That is my aura type. And there's this thing that happens with manifestors. If you are a manifester, you will likely be familiar with this. If you're not, here's a little lesson about us manifestors. But basically, we go through these rest and creative cycles. And I feel like for several months, I was in a rest cycle. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but 
I was always feeling like I wanted to do something. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to have these ideas. I wanted to get things done. But I just was feeling really like emotionally burnt out to do anything. And that's why I brought up the COVID piece because I just really feel like it wiped a lot out of me. (laughs) But... I'm feeling a lot better. I'm honestly feeling like I am in a creative urge cycle right now. So that's the piece that I said would resonate with my fellow manifestors in human design. But being in this creative urge cycle right now, it feels like home to me. (laughs) If I was to kind of describe it how it felt. It feels like being home. I love being creative. I love waking up every day and getting really excited to open my computer and create things. And I just kind of feel like I'm in my own little bubble doing my own little thing. And I really love that feeling. So my mental health has been feeling really good, friends. August was a really great month. My mood just felt a lot um, more aligned with where it usually is. So I really do think that has a lot to do with my process in recovering from COVID and just all of that kind of brain fog lifting from getting sick back in May. And While we're on the topic of me being sick, I actually had lost my taste and smell back in May due to COVID, obviously. And it took me about a month to get my taste back. And it wasn't until about a week or two ago that my smell started coming back. So in August, my smell started coming back. I still can't smell everything. Like for an example, my mom was making an everything bagel, an everything flavored bagel (laughs) the other morning when I was at her and my dad's place. And I couldn't smell it. And everything bagels are really fragrant, you know, with the onions and the garlic and stuff like that. So she had asked me if I could smell it, but I couldn't. I could. I walked into the kitchen and I had no idea what she was eating. So it's not fully back, but I definitely can smell more things than previously when I couldn't smell anything at all. So that's bringing a lot of happiness into my life too. It's just kind of wild um, how weird life is when you can't taste or smell anything. So the taste definitely impacted my life more, but (laughs) the smell is definitely something that is like a welcomed change now that it's starting to come back. I'm like, oh yeah, I missed you. I missed my sense of smell. (laughs) So I'm really happy about that too. So overall, like I said, August was really great. It feels like this month kind of zoomed by, but also when I'm thinking back to the beginning of August, I'm like, what was I even doing at the beginning of August? So maybe it didn't zoom by after all. But overall, 
mental health and emotional health just felt really good this month and as though something shifted. Now, moving on to a mental health practice that really stood out to me this month and really helped me. I actually thought of you, my listeners, (laughs) throughout this month when something just clicked and I was like, wow, yes, this is the mental health practice I am going to share with them this month because, yeah, I just realized okay, I think this is one of those things that are definitely helping my mental health this month. So I was, I've been waiting weeks to share this with you all. So over the course of the summer, I would say back in June, I got really hooked on some really good podcasts. Now, I personally don't listen to like health podcasts and things like that. And I just throw that out there because those are the podcasts that I used to listen to and only used to listen to. Like, you know, all the things about nutrition and just health related things. But back in June, I started to listen to the Crime Junkie podcast. I love true crime and what actually brought me to the Crime Junkie podcast, I had known about it for quite some time, but again, I was just like, uh, I don't really need to be listening to a podcast. I just didn't really see the point of listening to a podcast. Usually when I go out for walks, I like just being out in nature and not really having anything in my ears. And I don't have to commute anywhere. So I was just always thinking, well, I don't really have time to listen to a podcast anyway. So why start? Anyways, I am super into true crime. I love watching true crime documentaries and all those sorts of things. And um, I had actually been working my way through all the true crime documentaries on Netflix and Amazon Prime and anything else I could get my hands on. And then it just came to a point back in May or June when I was like, I need a true crime fix, but I have watched like literally every single documentary I can get my hands on at this point. (laughs) So that's where I started to listen to the Crime Junkie podcast, which led me to several other true crime podcasts like Serial and one recently my friend just introduced it to me, To Live and Die in LA. I listened to both seasons of that podcast. And if you also love true crime, like I do, I highly recommend that podcast. But anyways, I have been listening to a lot of true crime, but something that, um, I did differently throughout August, the thing that stood out to me that made me think of you and this podcast episode that I'm recording right now, 
I started to listen to more music. So I started to find a balance between listening to podcasts, but then just listening to music and really being in my body. And then I noticed that, oh, I'm dancing every day. And I'm feeling really happy when I dance versus when I'm just listening to something all the time. And it doesn't even have to be true crime, right? Like, I know true crime can be and is quite dark, but it wasn't the fact that it was true crime, but it was just the fact that I wasn't listening to much music anymore. And I I usually listen to a lot of music, which leads me to dancing a lot (laughs) and I think with all of my podcast listening I just wasn't dancing a lot which is really unusual for me so I actually created and I will be sharing this link in the show show notes so if you have Apple Music you're in luck because I created a playlist of all of my high school favorite music. So if you were also into Headley and AFI and My Chemical Romance and all of those bands, those kind of emo bands back in the day, right? Um, If you were into those bands, I created a playlist with all my favorite high school songs on it. And I listened to that playlist a lot throughout the month of August. And I noticed I was just dancing more. And when I dance, I just, my, my mental health is so much better. And I know it's because it allows me to connect with my body and just move in just like this really natural, intuitive way. So that is the practice that really stood out to me this month and something that I obviously will make a point of carrying forward with me because, yeah, there's just nothing like getting in your body and just dancing. So if this isn't something that's a regular practice for you, I invite you to just try it out for yourself. See what it's like when you incorporate some more just solo style dancing. It's not like choreographed or planned or anything, but just pop in some of your favorite music And just play it and let your body move in whatever way it wants to move. And so that's that mental health practice that really stood out to me this month. And now that brings us to the last part of this episode, which is our listener requested topic. So thank you for sending this in. I will continue to take and collect your requested topics for these mental health episodes. I will continue to put out um, little polls on Instagram. So for this month, we are talking about boundaries with social media. And as I already shared with you, I love talking about boundaries. I have a whole module inside my coaching program, Back Home to You, 
all about boundaries. So this is actually something my clients and I work on really closely together. But this time for today, we are specifically talking about boundaries around social media. So first, before we like really dive in, I would like to talk about what a boundary actually is. Because some people don't know. (laughs) Some people literally think boundaries are just saying no to things you don't want to do. But if we were to kind of give a better example or definition of what a boundary is, I like to say a boundary is a way for you to say what is okay and what is not okay. So a boundary really gives you that opportunity to get clear on what's okay for you and what's not okay for you. And this can apply in every single aspect of your life. But as I already said, we are specifically focusing on setting boundaries with social media. So this is kind of like a self boundary, right? When setting a boundary with social media, it probably isn't going to really involve another person because you're the one like logging on to social media, right? So it's kind of setting this personal boundary. So how do you even set a boundary for yourself? Because of course, if you are trying to communicate a boundary that involves another person, you're going to have to have a conversation with that person about the boundary that you want to set with them, right? Like if someone keeps borrowing your things and never returning them and you decide, hey, this isn't okay with me, you're going to want to have a conversation with that person and set that boundary. You might say, hey, you know, I'm not okay with lending my things out anymore. That's just a really simplified way of communicating a boundary. I usually go into a little bit more detail with communicating boundaries, but we can always save that for a totally other show. But when you are setting a boundary for yourself, how do we actually do that? So number one, get clear on what is okay with you and what's not okay with you, okay? So specifically looking at social media, let's look at your relationship with social media right now. What about your relationship with social media is okay right now? What are you okay with? And what do you know needs to change? So in other words, what are you not okay with? (laughs) Okay. And this is going to be really personal. I would even invite you to like pause this episode right now, go grab a piece of paper and a pen and like draw a line down the center of that page. And on one side, write What's good about your relationship with social media? What are you okay with? With your relationship with social media and then on the other side what isn't okay with you about your relationship with social media and what do you know needs to change about your relationship with social media so you know a couple things um like I love social media it's great it's great for my business so I could definitely 
fill a bunch of things on that first column. But something that I know I'm not okay with is logging on to social media, especially like Instagram and Facebook, those sorts of things. I'm not okay with logging on to social media first thing in the morning. I'm just not okay with it. And, and trust me, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I still do it. But ideally, if I was to really focus on placing that boundary with me, because I kept kind of like violating that personal boundary for myself, um, I would set that boundary of, okay, this is what I'm not okay with and get really clear on what I am okay with. So for me personally, I like waking up and getting out of bed without touching my phone and logging onto any social media app. I like having breakfast still without any social media involved. I like journaling still without any social media involved. And then I feel okay enough to hop on social media if I want to. So for me, that's kind of what a boundary with social media looks like. And this is pretty much how my days run. I love that. That works for me. But again, like I said, we are all going to be so different with this. So just getting clear on what you are okay with with your relationship with social media and what you know needs to change. So let's get clear on that. The second part to setting a boundary for yourself is going to require you to next get clear on, okay, what are the things that need to happen or need to change or need to be put in place in order for me to actually create this boundary for myself? So for an example... I am pretty good at just knowing like, okay, I do not like touching social media apps until after I eat my breakfast and journal. Like I just need that me time before I see anyone else's stuff on social media. I'm pretty good at that. But there's going to be other things that we want to set boundaries with in regards to social media and we might need to put some things in place. So what I mean by that is like, I know I have several clients who wanted to create a boundary with social media around like their work days. So they were noticing themselves logging onto social media when they didn't want to be logging on during their work day, right? So that would be a question of, okay, what do I need to put in place for myself to make this actually happen? So some ideas would be, okay, do we need to put our phone on airplane mode the whole day while we're at work? Um, actually, this is relevant to me. (laughs) I just was in a four day intensive training for a class I 
just started. So I am taking a three-year program to become certified in somatic therapy. And I was in class Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this past week, 10 to 5. And that's a lot of class time for someone who has been out of school for quite some time. (laughs) And I noticed that like the first couple of days I was laser focused, did not touch my phone. And then near the end of the four days and during the end of the days more so, I could feel myself like having that urge to like reach for my phone and check social media or like text a friend or you know strike up a conversation that sort of thing and I didn't like that that wasn't okay for me you see boundary me being really clear about the boundaries that needed to be set so what I did was I just put my phone on airplane mode no one really needed to reach me like I only text my parents and my boyfriend and a few friends but like no one was going to need me urgently okay so I was able to put my phone on airplane mode and just enjoy my time in class and give myself that space to really focus on what I truly valued at that time so Switching your phone on airplane mode is something that I do and that could be something that really supports you if you're able to do that. I made a list of some ways that, you know, if a boundary that you want to set with social media is just simply reducing your time on social media, I have some ideas for you. So airplane mode would be the first one that's kind of the easiest one you just click a button on your phone right you just like swipe it swipe down and click the airplane I think Um, and it goes on airplane mode so that's super easy if that's available to you or you know you you're able to do that um, I would recommend doing that but if airplane mode for you isn't an option I have people in my life who literally delete the apps off of their phone from like 9 a.m. until 7 p.m., let's say, or whatever, right? Or on the weekends, they just completely delete the apps from their phone so they can be present with their families on the weekends. So completely deleting apps like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok's a big one now, right? Like people waste so much time on TikTok and also Facebook. So those are kind of the four biggies, I would say. Or if you're a Reddit person, that one too. Scott's a Reddit person. Anyways, deleting those apps when you know you don't want to be on social media. That's a really great idea because it's just easy to delete them and whenever you're ready to bring them back on or into your life, you can just download them again. And I really like this option because I kind of like it better than the airplane mode option, honestly, because when you have that urge to hop on social media, like hop on Instagram 
because you're going to have that urge. We all have that urge, right? If you delete the app, it's not going to be there. And then you have to go through this whole process of downloading it again. And even though it's an easy process, if you just have an urge to hop on the app, but the app's not sitting there for you to hop on, you're not going to want to go through the whole process of like downloading it again just to satisfy that urge. Trust me. Something else that I did, this actually wasn't on the list that I made to talk about today, but I have organized all of my like apps and everything on my phone into different folders. So even just simply putting my social media apps into a folder titled social, just going through that extra step of going into the folder to access the app, it definitely has reduced my time because it's just not as easy to click it. I know folders aren't something new, but I feel like it's just been maybe like two years since I put folders onto my phone. And like I said, it definitely has reduced the time I'm on the apps for sure. Now, I haven't done this myself, but I have had friends do this. They have downloaded an app that literally like locks your social media apps for a blocked time. So you can like block off time and the app will not let you access the social media apps during that time. I did a quick Google search because like I said, I have never used these apps for myself, but it looks like there's an app called Self Control where you can block off time and lock certain apps that you don't want to have access to during certain times of day. So, for an example, just bringing myself into this, like I said, I don't like hopping on Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of things until I get my morning routine done, which let's say it's like nine o'clock. Let's just say nine o'clock. I could literally block or lock those certain apps for myself until nine o'clock. And then I would be able to log into them. So it's a pretty cool app. I think it's funny that it's called self-control, but (laughs) if you feel like you need that app, there it is. And then finally, my last suggestion would be to schedule a social media detox. Now, if we are going to talk about detoxes, this is the only detox you will probably hear me talk about is a social media detox. Like take, literally make yourself take a week off of social media. Like just don't log on to Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media seems to be like ruling your life at this time. Just don't log on to it for a week. Delete those apps for an entire week. And the reason why I recommend a social media detox is because if you're hearing this episode and me talk about social media and boundaries around social media but you really have no idea like what feels good for you and what doesn't feel good for you maybe you just are kind of feeling lost but you also know you want to change something 
taking a detox or just some time off of social media altogether for a significant period of time. I would definitely say a week. I think that would be amazing if you really don't even know if you could survive a week without social media then do like Saturday and Sunday and see how it goes but really like do a week and the reason why I recommend this is because I do believe that when we take time off social media we come back with some realizations of what really actually feels good for us Even when I was in those four days of training for somatic therapy over the course of four days, I was clearly on my phone much less. The training started on Friday and I remember on Thursday I hopped on my Instagram stories and gave everyone a heads up that I was probably not going to be on social media much because I really just wanted to show up for this training and soak it up as much as possible and not have social media kind of in my life and there's just so much noise on social media, right? So... I just really wanted to dedicate those four days to this training, which I did a really good job at. I really wasn't on social media that much, which brings me to this point that when we take time off of social media and it's time to either like get back to things or whatever, or your time off is done, if you set a certain period of time for yourself... Once it's time to come back, you will notice things. You'll notice like, huh, I actually liked not touching it at all. Or I liked, you'll just notice things and you'll get more clear on the boundaries that you are wanting to set for yourself around social media. So I really hope that this conversation helps you and supports you in setting boundaries around social media. This is definitely a topic I love talking about. Like I said, boundaries in general, I just love talking about them. And it is one of the 12 modules inside my Back Home to You private coaching program. So if you are all fired up and excited about boundaries, but you're also wanting to take a deeper dive into healing your relationship with yourself and also improving your mental health and your emotional health, and feeling as though you are at home within yourself, I invite you to check out my private coaching program, Back Home to You. It is a 12-week program, and I have been helping women all around the world inside this coaching program for the past year. And it truly is the thing that lights up my soul these days. So if you want to check more out about this program, you can click the link in my show notes or go to megdoll.com slash 
back home to you to read all about this program, read what my clients are saying about this program. And there's also an option for you to email me through that page on my website and schedule your discovery call with me. I am currently accepting clients, so you can just shoot me an email, let me know that you're interested, and we can hop on a discovery call to get to know each other and just make sure that this program is the perfect fit for you and that I can support you in the way that you are needing my support. All right, friends, that's it for this month's mental health check-in episode. Thank you so much for being here with me this week. I so appreciate your ears tuning in every single week. I love you so much, and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. (laughs) 